Well, shoot. Welcome to Stuck in My Thoughts, man. Yeah. I'm glad we got to do this, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Some of the best episodes be the quickest turnarounds. Absolutely. We was talking, I was like, I was like, Lord, please let me be able to do it. I got that slot open. <laughs> but we've been talking about it for a minute, Yeah, though. yeah, yeah, because uh, we had talked about when I was down in Auburn playing. Yeah. yeah. Met at uh, was it Southeastern. Southeastern Bar. Yeah, yep. yeah. Shout out Lyndon, too, because Lyndon Blake, or Lyndon Balio now. Shout out Lyndon. That's she, it. She uh, connected That's us. That's it, man. She's awesome. So, yeah, man. Michael Warren, yep. welcome. Um, you are doing the thing, man. <laughs> Songwriter, artist, girl dad, girl dad. everything. That's right. Uh, completing the whole circle, man. <laughs> Let's start out with your, I guess your beginning passion was the writing of the music. And you've written music for big stars, yeah. Akon, yeah. J-Lo. Yeah. Where does the inspiration from writing come from? I mean, for me, honestly, it just comes from all kinds of things. Sometimes it's life. Uh, sometimes it's just like a vibe you're in. Mm -hmm. Like when we wrote the J-Lo song, we were down at my studio in Birmingham, Alabama. And I think we had gone out that night or something like that. And we just came back and we were still like in the party mode. Yeah. So we're like, let's write a bunch of choruses. Then we wrote 10 that night, and then that one ended up uh, getting out to L.A., and then Sierra got it first Dang. and recorded it, the whole song. Mm -hmm. And then they had this, uh, Sierra and J-Lo had the same manager. Okay. And Sierra's manager was playing it for J-Lo in the car, and J-Lo was like, I want it. So J-Lo definitely stole the <laughs> song from Sierra. Sorry about that, Sierra. Um, yeah, it's just, it just comes from wherever, you know? Mm -hmm. Did you ever get to meet? The people that you write for? Yeah, some I got to meet. J-Lo, I didn't get to meet. She recorded that down at her mansion in mm -hmm. in, uh, in Miami, so I didn't get to meet her, but like Tony Braxton, Akon, mm -hmm. all this. Yeah, I got to meet all those dudes in there real cool. How's that, how's that feel? <laughs> Surreal, man. It's this little Alabama boy, man. Yeah. It's like, you know, staying y'all and ain't up there in New yeah. York City, you know, but it's cool, man. Everybody's so nice and, and I mean, just been very fortunate mm -hmm. you know, to get to meet these people and work with them. How long does it typically take to writing? Because like you said, you you came home from hanging out one night and oh, I can <laughs> write 10 courses. But yeah. how long does it take to finish up a song yeah. all the way? I mean, I'll say this, like pop music is a little bit easier to write because there's just more topics mm -hmm. and it's not so like poetic. Yeah. You know, like, so we came home from the club and we were just like, what is something that people would want to hear in the club, mm -hmm. you know, at 2 a.m.? Yeah. You know, um, so we're just popping off course ideas. When it comes to country, um, it can, I mean, we can write a song, but then rewrite it over and over because you really want every word to mean something when it comes to a country song because mm -hmm. you really have to dissect them. Pop's different, like I said, but yeah, country. I mean, I've written songs and it's taken me a year to finish it. Mm -hmm. I start it and I'm like, that's not good. Or I'll bring somebody else in mm -hmm. with a different perspective. Like maybe I'll have the chorus and I, I'm like, I can't really, I don't really know what I want to say on the verses and bring a good friend in and they'll write the verses or vice versa and all yeah. that stuff. So it really just depends. Sometimes they're real quick. Sometimes they take forever. Yeah, man. Writers are un unsung heroes, man. Period. I think for me, I started to realize more literally after hearing about you was like, oh man, like. Maybe some of these people don't write their own song. Like I yeah, never yeah, knew yeah. that, yeah, yeah. especially not being in that yeah, for industry. Sure. For sure. And so I think I was listening to Morgan Wallen. Yeah. And on I'm a are you a Spotify or are you Apple Music type? I'm both. I'm both. Yeah. You can, yeah, you're both. <laughs> yeah, you're both, both type. I'm, both. I'm an Apple Music yeah. type guy. Really just because I was getting those uh Apple music gift cards from my folks, so it's free. <laughs> hey, whatever works. Yeah. So when I was going through and I would have the lyrics up, at the end you see like who wrote the songs. Like, yeah. man, this is like actually unique so i started doing my right, own research right. and things like that how obviously you have gotten to the point where you're starting to be in the forefront yeah in the spotlight you know you were the guy whose name's on the song yeah but when you're coming up and you know your name may not get the shine on it 
How does it feel to know that you're still having an impact because it's your words? Man, you know, for me, it's crazy. I mean, like, like you know, like that Jennifer Lopez song has like 300 million plays on YouTube. Like, it's just crazy, you know. For me, it's like I've always been like a major team player. Mm -hmm. I don't really care how I get there as long as I get there. Yeah. You know, and I think that comes from team sports. Yeah. You know, growing up, it's like a team thing. Like, it takes the writers that write a good song. It takes the artist that's a good artist. It takes the marketing team to market. It takes the manager to put it in the right places. It takes radio. So it's really like a whole thing. It's, I don't really think anybody's more valuable. I think when all those things come together, then you get the magic. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. And you move into where you are now. Yeah. And you're popping off, <laughs> dude. Like, like we talked about uh, in a back before, your song Another Round. Yeah. You said a million streams. Yeah. What do you think about that, man? <laughs> it's crazy, man. I dropped it. So, I mean, I was down in Birmingham, like, trying to figure out, like, what my next move was. You know, I mm -hmm. moved from back from L.A. I was signed to Atlantic Records. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of got, I, I mean, I'll say it, I kind of got shelved because a guy that got signed by the same A&R mm -hmm. just popped off. His opportunity came. Yeah. So, you know, you, you get shelved, you know, because my A&R at the time had to focus on that project. Mm -hmm. So, came back to Birmingham and... Tried to do all kinds of different things, man. I'm talking about, I was trying to sell insurance. I was trying to sell cars. I was just, tr just trying to figure out my way. Mm -hmm. And just one day my dad was just like, man, he goes, dude, he goes, you're too good to be, you know, down to be doing what you're doing. He's like, give it a shot, man. And I was like, shoot, dude, all my friends were living up in Nashville and they're doing their thing. And he's like, just go three hours, man. And came up here, man, and and started writing and, and, and meeting all these different people and got presented uh, another round, it got yeah. pitched to me, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, that's the song right there. I mean, from the second I heard it, the intro, I was like, I want that. Mm -hmm. And then luckily, um, they gave me the song, gave me the clearance, and put it out, and a year later, you know, we're, we're at a, we just cracked a million streams on it, man, which is incredible feeling. Yes, <laughs> if, you, if you've not listened to Another Round, go do that. <laughs> because as one, like we talked about, yeah. I grew up, it's either gospel, yep. R&B, or rap. Yeah. Those are the main three right, right. that you have. And so I've started to branch out and come right. more diverse with my music taste right. and what I listen to. And like I talked about, as somebody personally who wasn't the biggest fan of country, when I heard that song, I was like, man, like I'm really in the <laughs> yeah. groove of this one. Like yeah. when you're riding or you're figuring out, okay, this is the song, what is the message or what are you trying to send to the listeners? Man, you know, I just always want my songs to connect and, like, be timeless songs. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not really, like, a gimmicky song guy. I've never been that, never really listened to that. I'm just always, like, the kind of guy where it's, like, I want whatever song that I sing that people hear from me, I want them to be able to listen to it 10 years ago and 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when I heard another round, I was like, man, that's just such a classic song. And it's like you don't really think of it as country. You just think mm -hmm. of it as, like, just a, it's a great story, great love song. You yeah, know? that's what's up. And you talked about how you did just hit a million streams. Yeah, yeah. You're putting out so much more music. Yeah. People see it from this perspective. Right. Right? <laughs> they see it from this way to see social media, yeah. see the numbers, and it looks great. Yeah. But they don't always see the harder times. <laughs> and you kind of touched on it. Yeah. What are some of those harder times and how have they shaped you into who you are today? Yeah, yeah. More than just an artist, but as a person right. in general. I mean, the hard times for me, and it's probably every musician, it's like we just have to sacrifice so much. Like, mm -hmm. I remember, like, you know, when I was, like, playing Skybar in Auburn all the time and all the big SEC towns, I was, like, missing all my friends' weddings and birthday parties and all that stuff. But, you know, it's like when you set out and you have, feel like this is your purpose, it's like you just know that that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of ups, a lot of downs, 
you know, obviously, like, we, we showcase, like, the good times because that's social media, but, I mean, there's a lot of nights where you're just like, dude, like, did I just waste 10 years of my life? Did mm -hmm. I just do that? But, you know, for me as a believer and all that stuff, it's like I know God had a plan for me. Yeah. And it's like I had to make sure that I gave it the best effort that I could and saw this whole thing through. Mm -hmm. You know, whether I get to stadiums or not, like, I'm accomplishing everything that I want to do. And it's like where I was a year ago, man. Yeah. <laughs> God's good, man. That's true. Hey, God is good. <laughs> that is a good. statement. So I don't believe that we take losses. Yeah. I believe that we all have a lesson. Correct. Along our journey. What has been the biggest lesson on your journey thus far? Because it's still ongoing. Yeah, I would probably say the biggest lesson for me is like, is just consistency. You know, um, a long time ago, I was playing a show with uh, Little Romeo and Master P. I know that sounds real random, guys. <laughs> I was, we were playing for the troops over in Germany. And uh, I got a chance to spend some time with Master P mm -hmm. um, before the show. And he was just like, man, he goes, when I was out there, he goes, Tupac told me I was never going to make it. Diddy told me I was never going to make it. Notorious Big told me I was never going to make it. And he was like, what I did is I just stayed consistent. Mm -hmm. I stayed consistent. I kept showing up. I kept putting out music and then look at it now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so for my, for me, it's like you can't just say you want it. You got to go do it, you mm -hmm. know? And most a lot of people just want to say, oh, I want to be a singer. I want to be a track star. I want to play in the NFL. But I was like, what's your plan? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot. I've sacrificed a lot. I spent a lot of money on music. I spent a lot of days away from my daughter. Spent a lot of time away from my family. But it's like that's just what it takes Yeah. if you want to get, because there's a million people that are doing what it takes to get there. So if you want to be where, where they are, you got to be, you got to do the things that they're doing mm -hmm. or you ain't ever going to get there. You got to put in those deposits. Gotta put, you got to put in. Me and Ty were talking earlier in um, the previous podcast and we were talking about how you have to put that action in there. And, yes. And he's a believer as well. Um, my show is, obviously I'm a believer, you're a believer, yeah. but my show is for everybody. Right. And, I'm big on faith without works is dead and understanding you can't sit around and hope for it to happen. You've got to like put in that time, put in right, that effort. Right, right. And I'm also a positive guy. And I have you ever heard the term like don't get fueled by um, the negative motivation? Period. And like Master P was talking about the people who didn't believe in him, mm -hmm. but focusing on the people who did believe in Absolutely. him. Absolutely. You mentioned your dad. Who, who else has been in that supportive role for Man. you throughout your... I know it's a lot of people, but like there's those a lot key of, people. There's a lot of people, but I, I was like, I gotta give, I gotta give all of it to my parents. I mean, my parents have, have, um, have been my biggest cheerleader, man. And in, in, in those times where I was like, dude, I can't do this anymore, they're like, you can do it, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, if there were times where I needed to, and after LA when I moved back home to my parents' house, they were like, stay here, man. Like, you know, even with, like, with my daughter, like they're like, we'll pick up the slack, we'll help you out, you know, with your daughter's mom and all that stuff, and. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just don't, my parents are just very, they're hard workers, always have been very intelligent, very smart, and, and uh, I mean, my biggest, my biggest fans, and they still, to this day, when they can show up to a show, like, if it's the three, four hours away, they're coming, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, they're going to be front row, you know? I remember this one show I played, my very first show out of town, I was playing at Howlin' Mouse in Jackson, Mississippi, and uh, Howlin' Mouse is a very, very prominent, prestigious place for up-and-coming artists. Mm -hmm. So they book me, we go to Howlin' Mouths, you know, I'm hype. I'm like, my first show out of town, me yeah. and my guitar. Bro, we get in there, there is no one there but two bartenders. You know what I'm saying? Dang. Two bartenders. And it's like the, the show was supposed to last. I had to play three hours. 
I bust through that show three hours. My parents were there front row, you know, with the bartenders. <laughs> it was four total people in there. Oh my goodness. But it's like, you know, I busted through, man, and they showed up and they supported and they were like, my dad said, at that moment, that's when I knew that you had what it took. Because you could have easily left. There was no one there but mm -hmm. us and the bartenders. And they're like, you power through like it was a thousand people in there. And I think that's key because no matter if you are a recording artist, an athlete, I use the term librarian a lot, but right. librarian, sometimes you are in that journey and nobody right. may be around, but you've got to keep working Absolutely. and keep pushing. Sometimes it's not always as easy, <laughs> you know, as it seems. So no. for you, where you're walking up and you're expecting this big audience and it's not that many people, what is it about you that's like, I'm still going to do this, no matter if it's a thousand people or these four people? For me, it's the long term, man. It's like I always play the long term game, you know, mm -hmm. like um, even when I put out, you know, songs and stuff like a lot of people are like focused on like, oh, first week, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about that? Like, mm -hmm. I want these songs to play for 30, 40 years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I don't care about what first week looks like or second week because it's going to pick up. Mm -hmm. You keep putting music out, it's going to snowball. So for me, it's like everything's always a long term game. Like that show right there just gave me the like showed me tenacity and like just pushing through it, pushing through it. So now when I go out with someone like Cole Swindell mm -hmm. or go out with someone like Walker Hayes or, or whoever it might be, like I can kill a crowd yeah. of five, 6,000 people mm -hmm. because I know how to play to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now when I got like a crowd of like 6,000, man, that's hyping me up, like mm -hmm. it's on, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm prepared for it. Mm -hmm. That's what's up right there. And man, you're dropping some gems because not everybody has that mindset and like we said, it's not easy to always yeah. think about that, but I think it just comes back to you're doing what you love. Yeah. It's not work. No, it's not at all. And I love this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that's that's huge. And you, you've touched on this a few times, and you talk about the support of your parents. Yeah. And you and your parents now share a similar role of the parenting. Absolutely. You are a girl dad. Absolutely. Out of all your titles, <laughs> this may be the best one. It is. How is it being a girl dad, man? <laughs> Let me tell you, man, it's, it, uh, you start understanding how women operate. Yeah. <laughs> even at a very young age, you know. Man, Reese is off the hook, man. She is, she is so sweet. She's so kind. She's very competitive. She's, I mean, just smart. And it's like our relationship, man, is like I can't, I can't even like, I can't put, I can't describe it. Like when I've been gone for a week and I pull up to school to pick her up, mm -hmm. and she sees the car, and she just darts towards the car. Yeah. Like, ain't hey, no better feeling than that. Nothing I've ever done compares to to my feelings for for baby girl Reese, you know what I'm saying? First love, yeah, man, first, first love. That's it, man. What is, we talked about the biggest lesson your career has taught you. What is the biggest lesson being a father? Obviously, I'm not a father, but yeah. there are listeners that are fathers. <laughs> um, you know, you have all different types. Yeah. So what is the biggest lesson your daughter has taught you? Biggest lesson my daughter has taught me is definitely patience, understanding, forgiveness, and grace. Because there's nothing she could ever do to make me not love her. That's what's up right there. <laughs> hey, that, those, are some key, those are some key lessons yeah. to learn, for sure, going yeah. out into the... So, as a recording artist popping up, you um, run the, the topic of females in general. Yeah. How was that? <laughs> well, I mean, what do you want to know? <laughs> like, like, okay, you're traveling a lot. Yeah. Like, is it is it hard in the dating realm? Or yeah, like... yeah. I mean, it's like women want time. You yeah. know, they want time, and it's like you know, you when you're chasing this thing, 
where you're in the middle of it, like it just takes a lot of selfishness and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I don't, and it's like, I feel like selfishness gets a bad rap these days because it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you're self. It's not really selfishness. It's just I'm I'm focused on my plan. Yeah. And it's like I know because I'm focused that takes me away and takes me out of some other situations that other people that have time to do that could do. Mm -hmm. Like when I come up here, I'm setting up co-writes. I'm setting up podcasts. I'm setting up interviews. I'm setting up studio time. I'm dealing with budgeting. I'm dealing with meetings like all that stuff, so it's hard. It, it's gonna take a very special woman to understand, once again, the long-term vision. Yeah. I, but the long-term vision is gonna pay off pay for off everybody. It. You <laughs> know what I'm saying, up. so yeah. that's what it is. I think for, especially for athletes, sometimes we get a bad rap on it too. <laughs> like, the time, you say, like, some of my football friends, I know there's a thing, every, every single time fall camp hits on TikTok, all the girls <laughs> are posting about like, Oh, I gotta get prepared because I know you're not gonna be on this phone. Or he say, you know, the right. guys are getting ready. Like I'm not gonna be here. Right. But I think it is important to find somebody who understands that time. Right. Because the balance is gonna sway back right. and forth, and I think that's that's huge. But not everybody understands that. No, they don't understand. I mean, even like like watching what you do, it's like, man, I know those workouts. Like you're up in the morning, then you're doing the midday stuff, then you're mm -hmm. doing the afternoon stuff, then you gotta study, then you gotta have some time for yourself, yeah. some time for your friends, like. There's only so many, so much time during the so day. So much time. There's only man. so much time. Yeah. yeah. So. Like, like being here. Like we're in Nashville for this weekend. It's New Year's Eve weekend. Like yeah. it'll be fun. I drove here at 5 a.m. Right, right, like, right. It's on the move. You got to, you know. Got to. I will say this though, you lucky ladies out there, whoever, whoever ends up being the lucky one, just know you're special. Find that time. <laughs> yeah. So, what is what is the current outlook, like the current goals for the career, like what are some projects you're working on right now? Yeah, um, so so actually like uh, second week of of January, I'll, I'm going to put together like a little acoustic, super acoustic indie folk, okay. Zach Bryan yeah. kind of thing, super raw, like not tweaked, just raw, raw, raw vocals, raw guitars, like I might miss some notes, mm -hmm. just super unplugged raw um because i love singer songwriter. i love like this hipster singer songwriters yeah. i love the pop radio stuff mm -hmm. but i'm a big fan of like the indie americana music i've always loved that um even had some stuff that i had back in the day that i took off the internet um but gonna do that probably have about i'll probably say about 20 songs lined okay. up to release this year nice so you know going in cutting all that stuff and, and getting on our schedule um some Really big news drops in, in January. Pretty excited about it. You going know, wait, going wait. Yeah, we'll follow we'll follow up on that. But uh, yeah, man, dude, just touring, playing, endorsements, branding, and uh, just more and more music. That's what's up. Yeah. So coming from, well, I guess this is I don't want to answer my own question, but how did you get into country music? That genre. Yeah. Out of all the different musics or different genres you could have been. Yeah. In? So, I mean, my dad uh, went to Notre Dame. He played in the band. My dad's always been, like, he had this big record collection down in our in our basement, our finished basement, and he had a record player there. And that his record player was his prized possession. Yeah. Like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. Yeah. But for me, like, I was the son that he was like, you can touch that for some reason. Like, mm -hmm. I, he was like, I would break needles, and he wouldn't care. Like, he was like, I'm going to go replace it because mm -hmm. I was just indulging myself in, like, all the music from – Hall and Oates to Ohio players, Earth, Wind, and Fire, James Taylor, Bob Marley, um, uh, just e everything from, my dad had every record, whether it was Willie Nelson, 
like anything black, white, it, it didn't matter. Like mm -hmm. my dad's just a massive fan of music. So I would go down there and there were just three albums that I just gravitated to. And I'll really specify the two that I really gravitated to was James Taylor mm -hmm. and Bob Marley. Absolutely. For some reason, those were the two albums. Like Bob Marley gave me like the, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. <laughs> then James Taylor gave me like these crazy finger picking Appalachian like songs like Carolina in my mind, Fire and Rain, um, just these timeless songs. And Bob gave me No Woman, No Cry, Buffalo Soldier. And it just came together and I just fused this thing and I just would obsess over these records and just listen, listen, listen. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess it was, I guess what really got me to country was growing up, CMT used to always put who wrote the songs under at the end of the videos. Mm -hmm. Like it would say, written by. It would say the record label and all that stuff. And I would just sit around and we didn't really have internet back then to look up these names, but I just remember seeing all these names and I was like, I mean, that's really cool. Like, because once again, you think that that George Strait was writing all his songs mm -hmm. or Kenny Chesney, like you, and then you realize there's a whole thing behind it. And it just really got, that's what got me into like wanting to write songs. But um, I just love country because it's just, it's R&B. Country's mm -hmm. R&B. Yeah. We all love R&B. You listen to Brian McKnight songs, they sound they're they could be country songs. You listen to Tony Rich Project, that could be a country song. You even there's so many R and B artists that those songs could be with a little bit of studio production a could twang be a to full it. on yeah. country song these days. But um yeah, I mean I just I just love the storytelling of country music. Um and that's how we ended up here. So there's everything I do always has like a little bit of mm -hmm. whether even if I'm writing for other artists like that are in the pop world, it's always gonna have like a little bit of yeah. Kind of country folk kind of thing to it. That's what's up. Now, from what I've seen, correct me wrong, the only one I know, the only brother I know in the country space is Darius Rucker, <laughs> right? So how's it navigating through an industry where you're like the minority? Yeah. Ooh. Well, <laughs> there was definitely a time where it was more closed off. Mm -hmm. um, we have definitely gotten to a place where it's like country is, country is, its arms are opening up a lot more. Um, a lot of support in the country world right now, whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, record labels, BMI, like all these big entities that, that truly control things. Like you go to like a Spotify playlist and it's not, it's, it's all kinds of different people from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. um, my buddy Gabe Lee, like he's Asian singer songwriter. He's incredible. Um, you have Kane Brown, you have, um, God, there's just, there's so many, you got yeah. Willie Jones, you got me, um, you got Rashad. Uh, there's just so many, there's just a lot more color yeah. in this in this thing now, you mm -hmm. know, which, I mean, African-Americans have been doing country since, you know, slave days. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If we're being honest, like it was the blues, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So we've been playing guitars, we've been doing all that stuff and, and, uh, now we're just we're getting it. We're getting a chance to show what we can do yeah. as well, along with what everybody else is doing. So it's cool, man. I feel like the community is is awesome, man. Like all my all my brothers, like all my songwriters, we all support each other. Black, white, Mexican, it don't matter. Like we're just, it's great, man. It's a great city, man. That's what's up. Yeah. So throughout this career that you've established and doing a really good job, yeah. At, what is the end goal for you? Like, what do you want at the end of the day? Yeah. We can do two things. Straight career, Michael Warren, artist. What do you want that to be? What it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Man, I want to have multiple number ones. I want to be on some sold out tours, baby. I want to open up for a bunch of people, do my own thing. Uh, number two is like, I've just always wanted to be an example for black 
teenagers, mm -hmm. black males, like that. Yeah, we we can do all of our rap stuff. We can do all of our R&B stuff. But like, this is like this is a lane to to be explored. Mm -hmm. um, and I just want to put out positive music and and give kids something else to listen to. That's not just this, that, or the other. You know what I mean? So that's just me. Just that's like for my church days. You know what I mean? I like how you said you want to show the young black youth or black males in general that this is an avenue you can go on. Right. I feel like since I've been in the sports room, you always hear athletes can be more than athletes. Like Absolutely. you guys don't have to be just in this little pot. Correct. You can be doctors, lawyers, Correct. things of that Correct. nature. So I, I like how you touched right, right. on that. Yeah, I mean, my dad did this thing called uh, Restoration uh, Academy. Oh, yeah. Over, yeah, so my dad was part of that program uh, as a mentor for a year. And, and he was, you know, he was like, man, he's like, I, I asked all the kids, I was like, what do y'all want to do? Like, and he's like, everybody was like, I want to play basketball or NFL. And he was like, well, he goes, that's cool. Like, mm -hmm. we need all that. He's like, but like you said, he's like, there's lawyers, there's doctors, there's engineers, there's uh, um, um, general contractors, there's all kinds of things. So it's like, I just want, I just want like the 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 up and coming youth, black youth, to understand that, that like there's other there's 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 a wide world. Yeah, you have options. There's a wild world. We got options. Because like I don't, I didn't like it growing up where people would kind of knock the dream. Yeah, I'm not knocking the dream, but understanding you can be more than just football basketball player. Right. You can be football basketball player, doctor, lawyer, Absolutely. pharmacist, that's all. all this and this. But right. if you go there, that's fine. If you right. go and be a pro, that's fine. Right, for sure. I'm not saying you can't be a pro, but I want you to know that you have 10 options rather than two. Absolutely. So Without I think a doubt. I think that's a big Without a doubt. big motion there. Yeah. So, I talked about what you want your legacy to be as an artist. What about you just in general as a person? I mean, I just want people to remember me as someone who helped people who um I mean, for me, it's like this is a very competitive world in in, uh, in in the music industry, and man, I just try to lift up everybody in it. Like I try to give my knowledge to them, and I'm not afraid to like walk people in the doors. Like mm -hmm. uh, I don't really, I'm not threatened by anybody. It's yeah. like if I believe that you have talent and I can help you, I'm gonna help you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just want to just be known as someone who helped other people, you know, achieve their goals and and have the life that they wanted to have. That's rare, man. A lot of people gatekeep. <laughs> Big time. Trust me. I know. I'm about to say, a lot of people won't open that gate for yeah, somebody else. They but will not. <laughs> I do believe that comes back to help you on the back end. Being a good person goes a long way. It does. Why do you Why do you feel like you're that helpful in a, I guess selfish is a negative term now, in a selfish world? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many people helped me, and I know I wouldn't be any of this, I would not be in this situation if other people hadn't gone out on a limb for me. Mm -hmm. So, and like I said, there's, I mean, there's 7 billion people on the planet, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's a fan base for everybody, mm -hmm. you know? So I'm not competing with like, this guy's like, I'm trying to get there together with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's use our fan bases, our, our, our opportunities, our connections, so we all can get there. Yeah. Strength in numbers, like, you know what I mean? Like. We can all try to go ourselves, but it's going to take us a lot longer. Mm -hmm. But if we team up, yeah, we're going to make more noise and we're going to get there. So some people will get it. Some people won't. And that's fine. Yeah. We just go with the people that are trying to go mm -hmm. same direction as us. And I'm sure you have a team of yourself. How, oh, yeah. do you, how do you select those types of people to be in your camp? Because your, your circle is tight. Yeah. I got, a real, I got a real tight, small circle, but can move a lot of weight. Um, man, I don't really go... 
I don't really go chasing people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like I gravitate to the people that gravitate towards me. Yeah. Those are the people that I want to because that's organic. The mm-hmm. people that like reach out to me and are like, "Hey, man, I believe in what you're doing. Like, how can we do this together?" Like, those are the people I I don't really go take all these meetings and like, "Hey, can you set me up a meeting over at this record label?" Like, why? Yeah. You know, if they want me, they're gonna find me. They yeah. know where I am. You know, they're gonna see stuff. So. And that just comes with, you know, being a little bit older and, mm-hmm. and the patience thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I continue what I'm doing, follow my path and be consistent, it's going to happen. So. <laughs> How old are you? I just turned 40. What? Yeah, man. Hey, man, you don't look 40, yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, my parents don't look old either. Dang. Yeah, man. So. Hey, man, black don't crack. Remember that? <laughs> it don't, man. It don't. So the name of the show, Stuck in My Thoughts. And I usually like to ask all my guests, what do you get stuck in your thoughts about? future always like always like every every day like it's just always like thinking about what's next like how can I get there and all that stuff so that's usually what what when I'm driving up 65 south I'm like all right we got 365 days like what are we going to get done how can we get it done mm-hmm. yeah it's always the future I feel you on that yeah. one I was I was telling Ty I usually get caught up in the future not as like in a a worry way I guess but also like more of an anticipation right. way like man what what could be what's going to that's be that's it that's it yeah that's it what and, could yeah and when you've got that outlook of wondering about the future how do you make sure that you take each step each day rather than looking so much as far as the goal and about the journey yeah oh, man it's once again it takes time to do that like and it's like I've really started really focusing on each day mm-hmm. like when I was back home for Christmas, I was like, let me focus on Christmas. Yeah. Music is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Let me focus on the time of my family, you know, because I'm not going to get that time back. Yeah. Um, now it's like now I'm back into like New Year's, getting New Year's out of the way. First week, planning. Second week, recording. Third week, more recording and writing and just like taking it step by step by step by mm-hmm. step, you know, and not looking too far into the into the future, trying Please, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Please. That's what's up, <laughs> yeah. man. But we're excited to see what you got coming up so in January. Fun. We ain't going to tell y'all right now, <laughs> but it's coming soon. It's coming. Hey, man, I appreciate you taking man, the time to be on the bro. show. I appreciate y'all. Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. We'll catch y'all for the next episode. We out.